This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Try to tell you, man. I think Ari's enjoying coming in hot. Dropping some foldy water on us as we uh, welcome you into Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. As the the young lady said, Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at Studio Q after spending an afternoon over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Was able to talk to a handful of the Raider assistant coaches. Pretty cool little setup that they had for us today and and the and the thing about it is you'll hear from a lot of these assistants throughout the course of the show but it was very similar to and I like to be this guy I feel like I thrive in this environment I like to be the guy following games that is in the locker room and I can go from boom Devontae Adams to Josh Jacobs to Divine Diablo to you know Amik Robertson like I can scatter shoot and just boom boom Max Crosby and then walk out of that locker room after the game was over and look down and realize I just talked about eight different guys on the on the team and I I I love that environment like that's my that's my thing that's the Catalina Wine Fest for me right I love I love moments like that it's a little bit of chaos it's a little bit of not really any kind of order you just got to kind of get in where you fit in. And somehow, some way, through 46 years of my life, I've been able to get in where I fit in. So those are kind of my environments. So what the Raiders did today, and I thought it was awesome, was they rolled out a handful of offensive assistant coaches, and they had them at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and the Media Center from about 1120 to 1140. Then immediately after that, they rolled out some of the defensive assistants from 1140 to about noon. So we were able to kind of scatter shoot and talk to as many people as possible. And I believe it was 10 assistants total, and I got six taken care of. So I thought that that was pretty good. And honestly, not trying to pat myself on the bat and not trying to complain, but if it wasn't for a guy or two just posting up and just planting, like rooting their legs and their backside in front of a particular coach or two, I would have got to all the coaches. But, you know, you there was really no room to get in with a couple of the, uh, of the people that were talking to the, the assistant coaches. So did the best I, I could. Uh, talk to Jason Simmons. He's from the he's he's the secondary coach. He he covers all the secondary uh, as far as the cornerbacks and the the safeties. You knew I was going to spend some time with him, right? DBs win games. I say it all the time. So I was definitely going to spend a good chunk of t- uh, time with him. Uh, linebacker coach Antonio Pierce, someone that we were talking about the other day when we had uh, Cynthia Freeland on from NFL Network, and she was talking about he's a teacher. He's a hell of a coach, but he's also a teacher. Was able to spend some good quality time with him. Bo Hardegree, the quarterback's coach, I was able to talk to him for a few minutes. Carmen Brasillo, offensive line coach, was able to catch up with him. Kennedy Polamolo, the uh, running back's coach, caught up with him. And then Edgar Bennett, wide receiver's coach, uh, got a couple minutes with him as well. So uh, had a really good day. Right, I, I enjoy these kind of settings. Like I said, it's a little chaotic at times. It's kind of a free for all. But you know, if you gotta if you gotta play an attack when you go in, you'll usually do pretty well. So I was pretty excited about that opportunity. The Raiders did not practice today, so there was none of that activity. We'll be back there tomorrow as they get practice underway, and then of course Thursday and Friday they'll welcome in the 49ers for joint practices. Be off on Saturday. Then we'll be in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday for preseason game number one, and then we won't see Allegiant Stadium again to week three of the regular season when the Pittsburgh Steelers come to town for prime time action. That'll be the home opener in 2023. So it was a really good day today. Man, very excited about what we had an opportunity to do today. Enjoy when the Raiders are able to provide these assistants like this. And I believe they did it during the summer, maybe. It wasn't – no, it wasn't during the summer. I don't remember exactly when it was that they did this last. This is the second time that they've done this. And the first time that they did it, it was at a time when I was on the air. 
so I wasn't able to be there. And I remember Vinny did a hell of a job. Vinny Bonsignor for the morning tailgate and the RJ did a hell of a job providing us with as much sound as possible and sending it over to us while it was going on, and we immediately got it on the air. So it was almost like we were there, but I really like to be in that moment. I like to be in that moment and be able to control as much as possible and know who I'm talking to, know what's going on, knowing if I have to do any editing, if there happens to be a word or two that gets slipped. I like to know what's going on. And, again, I love locker room action. And so when I th- start thinking about the game, it's funny, thinking about the preseason, you know, normally I'm, I'm covering the games. Like I'll be at, obviously at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, but JT will be on the call. Him and Lincoln Kennedy will be on the call for the game, so I'll be doing the pre- and the post-game show. So I won't be able to go into the locker room following that game. And that is, I mean, that's where, again, I like to, I like to get in that environment. I like to go into their domain. And I like to go in there and get those, those thoughts immediately following the game. And, of course, it's only preseason game number one, so it's not like Devontae Adams is going to be talking about 10 catches, 112 yards, and a couple touchdowns or anything. I mean, it's preseason game number one, so it's not going to be a whole lot of that. But because we're doing this in, during the preseason, uh, I won't be able to get any locker room action, but we have a couple people that will be on site that will be able to provide that for us. But, man, being able to provide that sound from the locker room is, is priceless, right? And there's so many people that are across the country that love this team, that would love that opportunity. And so to know that we have that opportunity of Raider Nation Radio 920 to go into the locker room and talk to these players uh, after the game is awesome. So uh, throughout the preseason, I won't be able to do that. But once the regular season starts, uh, as long as they're a home game or the, whatever games I choose to go to on the road, uh, we'll make that happen as well. So we got a lot coming. Coming up for you throughout the course of this upcoming year. Excited about it. And it'll be here, Raider Nation, before you know it. I know we're just talking about preseason game number one on the way this upcoming Sunday. But, man, before you know it, we'll be talking about week number one. We'll be talking about the Denver Broncos. We'll be talking about the Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the L.A. Chargers, the first quarter of the season for the silver and black. So, needless to say, you'll hear some of that sound that we got today from Raider assistant coaches. was kind of scattered throughout the course of the show. But coming up at 2.30, our first guest for today, talk about Raiders play-by-play. How about Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black? He'll join us at 2.30 after seeing a couple more practices uh, over the course of the weekend. Just get his thoughts on where he believes that the Raiders are, what they'll get for these joint practices, what he'll be looking for, what he believes Coach McDaniels will be looking for coming up on uh, Thursday and Friday against 49ers, and then also uh, what he, he'll be looking for in the preseason game on Sunday. So Jason Horowitz, good friend of the show, will join us at 2.30 to talk all things Silver and Black. Every single Tuesday at 3 o'clock, we have the Hall of Famer, John McClain, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He'll be joining us. It's funny. I remember about, I don't know, maybe it felt like it was like a year ago, and I'm sure it wasn't that long ago. He was telling me about he was retiring. <laughs> and I think it's, a, so, it's the funniest thing ever. I laugh because John McClain ain't retired nothing. <laughs> All right, now, he might have put his pen down for a little while, right, just a little while. He might have. I say that loosely. He was with the Houston Chronicle when I first met him many moons ago, and so now he's not with the Houston Chronicle. He is actually technically retired from them, but he was working with Masters Mac there in Houston. He's working with Sports Radio 610. I mean, there's so many things that he's doing. John McClain ain't got close to, to retiring, and that's just – that's just who he is. He's one of those guys that he loves this. It's a passion for him. It's not a job. So just being able to pick his brain, all things NFL, is always a blessing. And he has never, not one time, said, Q, I can't do your show. Right? And even days that he has something going on, he's like, hey, uh, let's do it at this time. Or can we push back a day? He always hits me up. And is like, let's do the show because he loves going on the radio, talking all things NFL. So very pleased to have and blessed to have John McClain, Sports Radio 610 in Houston, coming up at 3 o'clock to talk all things NFL. Then – I got to give a round of applause before we even get going. Four o'clock, Bridget Condon from NFL Network. She uh, had to cut our conversation short yesterday because she literally had to go 
on the on TV. She had a moment where all of a sudden she was there in, in L.A. at the studios, and she was – I believe she was in the conference room. I think that's where she said she was going to give me the call from. She was uh, in, in, the, in the conference room, and all of a sudden I, I, apparently somebody told her that she had to go get on set. So literally in the middle of me asking a question yesterday, she said, hey, sorry, I'm not, this has never happened, but I got to go. And that's what that's live radio, that's live TV, and we roll with the punches. So she said, hey, we could do this after three, maybe after four, after five, maybe tomorrow. So, you know, after the show yesterday, I hit her up and said, hey, uh, let's try to do it again tomorrow if you have time. No sweat. You know, I know she's on her way to Cincinnati to cover the Cincinnati Bengals as well as they're on a training camp tour with NFL Network. So she said, man, let's do it. So 4 o'clock, you'll hear from Bridget Condon. We'll talk all things what her and Coach David Shaw saw from Raiders training camp on Sunday. So we'll talk Devontae Adams. We'll talk Josh Jacobs. We'll talk Max Crosby, Josh McDaniels, and a whole lot more. That's coming up at 4 o'clock. And Ari, I know this is kind of last second, a little producing on the air. I don't know if you're going to have a chance to do this before we get Bridget at 4 o'clock. If you can get that little clip, if there's a, if there's a way you could pull that little clip where she's like, I got to go, I got to go. If you can get that possibly before 4 o'clock and we can air that before we bring her on the show, that would be awesome. But again, if, if we can't, that's okay. No, I'm awesome. So yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way to, to pat and yourself you, on the back. You know, I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, also you you also ask nicely. So I did. That's yeah. what I do. I always I ask gotta nicely. Oblige. Yes, I gotta oblige. I ask everything you do. nicely. Yeah, you do. No, I'm a I'm, nice guy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, really, if you'd asked in a mean way, I would still have you know still try my best to do it. So no, like I said, no, if, but I got if, you. If yes. you're able to do it, great. If yes. not, don't worry I'll about work it. My but, magic. Uh, Bridget will join us at four o'clock. A uh, good friend of the show. Coming up at 4.30, we'll have reason or excuse around 4.30. Uh, Ari always has a bunch of topics that he wants to bring to the table and decide if it's a reason or excuse. And as I mentioned, in the uh, in, in between different segments that we have in the show, you'll hear from different Raider assistant coaches like Bo Hardegree. I actually had a couple minutes to catch up with him, a little one-on-one action. Jason Simmons, that was a really good conversation just talking about the secondary because we talked about a lot of turnovers lately on the show, talked about Marcus Peters, Jacorian Bennett, Nate Hobbs. So we'll have uh, Jason Simmons will be part of the the show and Edgar Bennett uh, also a little couple minutes with him uh, you'll hear that conversation coming up on the show and we'll see if we can squeeze anyone else in we got a three-hour show we'll try to get as much in as possible but Jason Horowitz joins us at 2:30. John McClain at 3 Bridget Condon from NFL Network at 4 plus we have winning on the way and we want to hear from you 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187 keyword r with all that being said let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So I thought it was only appropriate today since we talked to a bunch of assistant coaches, which are position coaches as well. I thought about different position groups with the silver and black and thought, what position group are you most encouraged by? What position group are you still most concerned about? So those are kind of the two questions that go hand in hand. And again, we talked to many different Raider assistants today. I uh, thought it was a really good conversation, but I uh, want to throw that out there to you again. What position group are you most encouraged by? What position are you most concerned about? And so I'll go ahead and, and lead things off as I usually do when I have a, a topic I like to bring to the table. And I want to say it's so funny because I feel like the Raiders defensive line is definitely an area of strength. But because there's, you know, Tyree Wilson hasn't made an appearance yet, and Byron Young has just barely got uh, added to the mix. Neil Farrell Jr. is not there yet. As Jason Horwitz, he actually pointed it out last week when he joined the show, I asked him, is the Raiders' defensive line probably the deepest part? And he said, well, 
they have a chance to be, but we haven't seen it yet. So with that in mind, I'm actually going to look at the secondary and feel like I'm most encouraged by the secondary right now. And I don't – I said it yesterday. I spent a lot of time talking about it yesterday. I don't want to get too excited about what I've seen in training camp, but I really am starting to believe – in especially the young cats, in Ja'Cory and Bennett and Nate Hobbs, them to be able to, able to hold down that spot. Are they going to be perfect? No, not at all. But I think with Marcus Peters' help, Marcus Epps on the back end, and, and Trayvon Merrick starting to come around, I still want to see a lot more from Trayvon Merrick. Hell, I want to see a lot more from all those guys. But I honestly am starting to believe a lot more in those secondary guys. So I'm going to go ahead and say that right now I'm very encouraged by uh, the, the, the Raiders' secondary and what they have to, to offer. And, again, of course, that will be more confirmed what we see later on this week. And then the position that I'm still most concerned about, I think it's something I talked about earlier this offseason, was still the linebacking core. I think that there's something to be excited about. I think Divine Diablo is, is bringing some intensity, as I talked to uh, Antonio Pierce, the linebacker coach, earlier today, and he was pretty pumped up and excited about that group. But I feel like it's still a lot of unknown. I feel like we just don't quite know exactly what to expect from that unit. And I guess you could say that for the whole defense in general because we haven't seen it consistently. But I just want to see how much Masterson has grown from last year, starting seven games, playing in 17 games, to what he could do this year. You know, I want to see what Robert Spillane, how he carves out his role in this Raiders defense. How much has Divine Diablo grown, right? Is he going to be now uh, – making plays at the point of attack or even, you know, causing, causing tackles for loss, or is he going to be catching up and catching up to the play? And there's some linebackers, and I'm not saying Divine is that guy, but there's some linebackers that you've seen in the NFL that they'll stack up a ton of tackles. They'll have a ton of tackles, but how many times will you see the back of their jersey, meaning that they're running down a play as opposed to making the play? So, again, not saying that that's what Divine Diablo does. I'm just interested to see how that unit comes together. I'm very encouraged by it because of, the linebacking coach, which is Antonio Pierce, and the fact that, you know, I, I know what he's done at the highest level. So if there's someone that's going to be best for that job to help those guys continue to grow, it would be a guy like him. But I just want to see it. So, again, I'm still most concerned about that. I don't feel like it's the deepest room. And the secondary is what I'm also uh, very encouraged by because, again, I, I feel like that they're starting to, you know, they're starting to understand their role. They're, they're having the confidence that they can go out there and do it. And I don't remember who was on the show yesterday that talked about it. Uh, it might have been Ed Graney. I'm not too sure. But talked about the fact that the secondary is probably the unit that has to have the most confidence, right? Those guys in the, in the secondary, those guys, they have to have confidence. If they don't, then they're in trouble. So those are the two units I'm going to go with. The secondary right now is the one that I'm most encouraged by just by what I've seen and want to continue to see more. And I still have questions about the linebacking room. So those are my couple of rooms that I have and, and, and position groups that I have. Again, after talking to Jason Simmons, Antonio Pierce, Bo Hardegree, Carmen Rosillo, Kennedy Palomalo, and Edgar Bennett today, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good day to have a good day. So I want to hear from you at 702. 365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Let's go out to Henderson and talk to our guy, Sean. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Sean? Thanks, Q. Uh, like yourself, I'm very encouraged uh, by the secondary. I like the fact that there's a lot of competition and there's nobody going to be on scholarship back there, you know, like Maureen just playing because he's the only guy we had. Um, but now that my biggest concern is the defensive line because I think in our division in particular, you've got to be able to rush the quarterback. We know Max is going to do his thing, but Chandler Jones is a year older, and it may be the same story all over again, hopefully not. So this Tyree Wilson thing is big. Mm -hmm. um, if we can't get a contribution from him, 
I'm concerned because we've got to be able to heat up the passer and, and take some pressure off that back end. Thank you, Q. Right, thank you. Great call, man. Great call. And, and you bring up a great point. And it's funny, I had a call on my podcast that asked, like, hey, I hear a lot about Max Crosby. I hear about this guy, that guy, and the other. What about Chandler Jones? What have you seen at training camp? And I got to be completely honest. I haven't seen anything that stood out. Like, he's out there. He's working. He looks like he's in good shape. Uh, you know, but he's not out there wrecking practice like Max is wrecking practice, right? But that's not really his role. Now, last year, I will say, and I, I said it as soon as it happened in training camp, he destroyed Alex, Alex uh, Leatherwood. He, he, like, I, I knew immediately when Alex Leatherwood's soul left his body. Like, I saw it exit. And it even said, yo, Q, I'm out. <laughs> like, deuces. I, I mean, I don't mean to, to, to make fun of it, but I, it, was, it was a moment when you saw it. And I wasn't the only one on the sideline that saw it. But that was a Chandler Jones moment from last training camp. And that was like, man, okay, this dude's a monster. Well, comes to find out Alex Leatherwood just wasn't very good. Right? Again, no disrespect to him, but that's the reality of it. I mean, I don't even know if the guy's in the league right now. I know he went to Chicago, and I think that they moved on from him already. But if not, he's very, very low on the depth chart. I'll have to check in with Courtney Cronin, who covers the, the Bears like a glove. She'll let me know what's the deal with him. But with that being said, nothing that Chandler has done has stood out as, oh, wow, I see him now. Right? And when he was asked about that stretch of the season that he had last year, uh, he, he was asked, like, you know, can, can you get back to that form where you were at before you got injured? Because that was probably the best, best uh, you know, stretch of the season that you had. He, it's not like he didn't like the question, but it was funny when he answered it. He was like, well, I'm not worried about what pro football focus says. I'm not worried about this. I'm worried about the grades that my, my, my coaches give me. And as long as they're saying that I'm out there doing an A job or a B job or whatever the case may be, I'm comfortable with that. And then it was the ending to his, uh, his answer where he basically stared at Case Kiefer, just kind of stared at him. And Case, didn't, he had had his head down, didn't even realize, so he stared at him. And after Chandler walked off, I was like, man, I don't know what you did to him, but he stared at you. He put a hole in your chest. And then that's where they went back. And matter of fact, Cassie Soto had the film, and she went back and looked at it uh, from the RJ and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a long stare there at Case. So I'm interested to see what Chandler Jones does. Uh, I want to see if he's able to bounce back and, and look like he did towards the, the second half of the season right before he got injured. And, you know, I know that all last year in the locker room, all these players, you know, Nate Hobbs said it, Amik Robertson said it, Jerron Harmon said it. So many guys said it. Max Crosby said it multiple times that Chandler Jones was so important to their success, you know, and, and what he did in practice and, and how he set them up. But at the end of the day, all that's fine and dandy, but – Dave Ziegler and company brought him in and gave him a free agent contract, not just to get them lined up perfectly in practice and not just to be that, you know, mentor and, and, and try to help them out and encourage them from a veteran standpoint. He brought him in for, for, for production, right, to, to show what, what he could do and be that bookend guy across from Max Crosby. And he just wasn't that consistently enough. So can he bounce back and have a better season than four and a half sacks? Now, I, I don't have the answer for that. I wish I did. But I don't have the answer for that. So only time will tell what Chandler Jones looks like. And then Tyree Wilson, as Sean mentioned, he's important, right? I've seen reports. I've seen all kind of crazy reports. And, you know, what do they say? You can't believe everything you read on the Internet, <laughs> which is true. You can't because anything and everything is out there from just about anybody, right? I mean, there's all kind of different crazy reports out there. But I've seen reports where uh, he could be as healthy as, you know, and get going next week. He, you know, isn't going to get ready until week one. I mean, there's, it's all over the place, and, and none of it has been confirmed by anybody. So that's why I'm not going to come to the table and just start throwing out a bunch of speculation that's out there. But, I mean, it'll be nice to see him out there, right, when he's finally able to suit it up and get out there. And head coach Josh McDaniels told us on Sunday when he met with us, he'll be out there as soon as he's ready. 
Same with Neil Farrell Jr. They're they're working to get there, and they'll be ready as soon as they're they're you know ready to be out there, and they're 100% healthy. And so, that's really it's not a whole lot to to go off of. It's not telling you anything that's all of a sudden earth shattering or, or breaking any kind of news, but it's it's what I got. So uh, being concerned about the defensive line again, going back is is similar to what Jason Horowitz said last week when we had him on the show that yeah they have the uh, opportunity to be the deepest unit. They have opportunity to really, you know, be the strength of the team. But if all these guys can't come to the party immediately, then there could be a problem. So thank you, Sean, for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's go to the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Again, looking for the position group that you're most encouraged by and what position group are you still concerned about. This one comes from uh, the 803. Q, what's up with the following players in camp? Jordan Willis and Malcolm Koontz. Coach's body language looked bad in his press conference, so wondering if Willis has a chance to supplant him. Uh, again, that's from the 803. And honestly, I haven't seen a lot from either one of those guys. I've said it about Malcolm Coons. When, uh, when Max Crosby was out on Sunday, he had a scheduled day off. Malcolm got the most burn that we've seen in all training camp, right? He was able to kind of fill that void, and um, it, it wasn't a whole lot that was done that day. So I, I don't want to say that that's on Malcolm, like that was his fault. It was a day that Josh McDaniels called a correction day, and it, it was almost like, well, the defense didn't win. The offense didn't win. They were just kind of working on some things. And really, to be able to correct stuff, they had to keep Max Crosby out because he's been wrecking stuff. So I haven't seen much from Malcolm Koontz. I, I've been 100% honest when it comes to Koontz. I liked him a lot coming out of Buffalo, thought that he was going to be a dude for this, uh, this team and, and a guy that a lot of people were kind of sleeping on. I thought he did well his rookie year and a limited amount of snaps. Uh, he did basically nothing last year. And honestly, I, I, would be, I would not be shocked at all if he doesn't make the 53-man roster. I would not be shocked at all. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, and this is just me, you know, just spitballing. I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Ziegler was on the phone trying to find a trade partner, right? I just, I don't know if he fits in this Patrick Graham offense he, or defense. I mean, he just doesn't look like he's, he's part of that rotation. I could be wrong, pleasantly wrong. Uh, you could never have too many pass rushers, but my gut feeling is that he's not a guy that's going to make the roster. That's just me. And as far as Jordan Willis, haven't seen much from him yet either. But when we get back at practice, it'll be a guy that I have circled on my roster to make sure I pay attention to. Uh, Glenn in San Jose hit us up and said, what's up, Q? It's been a minute. Yeah, I've been away tending to my dad, uh, who we lost back on the 24th last month. But he's at peace now. And like he told me, I'll have the best seat in the house for Raider games. I'm hyped for the D-line. Looks like there's players that just want to put a hurt on the quarterback finally. The concern is still the linebacker crew. Just wonder, just wonder when they could build a solid unit that's Glenn in San Jose. Thank you for the text, my man, and uh, appreciate you sharing the story about your pops, and I think that that's cool. He's talking about, you know, he's got the best seat in the house for Raider games. That's awesome. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us. And, of course, brother, we got your back, you know, through, through thick and thin. And I'll say this on a side note. I had a really, I, I guess good is not the right word because it's not a good situation, but I had a conversation today with somebody who I – you know, and I feel like I'm really close with that has some real ish that happened to them. And, and man, I'll tell you right now, uh, I say it all the time, man. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Hug on them. I, I tell the wife and kids anytime they leave the house, be safe. And I know they get they, they think it's redundant and stupid that I say it all the time. But, man, uh, hug on your loved ones, man, because you just never know. They walk through that door. You might not know. Um, if they're going to come back at all. And, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to put anyone's business in the street. But, man, I'll tell you, if you don't do that, if you don't make an effort to do that, then that's on you. Uh, not you, Glenn, obviously. you got, you know, things going on. But I'm just saying in general, make sure you're taking care of your family, man, because once they're gone, Jack, they are gone. So, again, just a conversation that I had that was, you know, obviously in, in private, but something that just kind of reminded me that I don't think that we ever – 
can say that enough and remind people enough that we got to check on our loved ones, make sure we hug on our loved ones, and, and really take care of them. Because, man, again, when they ain't around, they ain't around. And, and then all of a sudden you're, you're wondering what the hell happened. You're beating yourself up or whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah. So thank you for the text, Glenn. I appreciate you. The D-line is funny. We just talked about the D-line and the fact that, you know, until we see some of the guys that aren't healthy out there, it could be, it could be uh, you know, a, a struggle a little bit. But there are dudes there that you feel like are going to be able to contribute. And that's why I told Jason last week that I felt like it was the strength of the team. But until we actually see them out there participating, especially like a Tyree Wilson, great to have Byron Young back. That was good. But uh, you want to see Neil Farrell back. You want to see Matthew Butler all of a sudden making a lot of noise. You want to see Chandler Jones. You know Max Crosby is going to be Max Crosby. But uh, Bilal Nichols, all those guys, they really – one of the biggest keys to the Raiders' success, if they're going to have that success on a D-line this upcoming year, is, man, they've got to get that pressure up the gut. They've got to be able to collapse the pocket. Crosby's going to come screaming in off the edge. Somebody else is coming screaming off the edge. But you've got to be able to get that pressure up the gut. So that's something that I definitely want to pay attention to. And I'm with you with the linebacking crew. I just I think that they're building it, but I want to see I want to see it come together. Uh, one more text, and then we'll take a break. Jim from Yonkers said the safeties, can they understand Graham's system? I'm concerned about the running backs as long as Josh has not reported, but the O-line will be the the, the best. Uh, oh, but the O-line will be the best because that's where our best coach is. Uh, thank you for a great show. Doing some camping with my daughter and her friends. Glad I could listen. That's from Jim from Yonkers. Text got a little messed up, but that's okay. It's probably a voice text. I'm okay with that. I do that. I do that all the time when I'm in the car and I use my voice text and all of a sudden uh, Siri reads it back to me and I'm like, ah, it's close enough. <laughs> close enough. They'll figure it out. And, and then, look, I just, <laughs> I just said that out loud, Ari. I don't know if you heard that, but I just said that out loud and I said uh, uh, Siri talks about me or not talks about me but reads it back and, and I say, oh, it's close enough. And then all of a sudden Siri on my phone just said, there's nothing to read. Oh, they're listening. Yeah, oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Except when you want them to spell the word right, then. Right. Just yeah, <laughs> it's like I'll go back and forth like two or three times. I'm like, no, um, you know, call me when you have a chance. Call me camp. No, I didn't say it. You know, like it'll say something stupid. I don't know. I can't, I can't think of it right now, but Siri's always messing me up. But now I better not say that very loud because Siri might be sending off like 12 text messages uh, while, I'm, <laughs> while I'm talking to you, so I better, I better watch what I do. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> go ahead and hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What position group are you most encouraged by and what position are you most concerned about? If you have a question for our next guest, you can also hit us up that way, 69187, keyword R&R. Jason Horowitz joins the show next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Again out of the shotgun. Pressure up the middle. Floats one to the back corner of the end zone. Over the shoulder grab. Touchdown, Hunter Renfro. This one, no doubt about it. Renfro ran under it. Made the grab in the back left corner of the end zone. And the Raiders, for the first time today, have six. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q these days. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. And you heard that voice call that Hunter Renfro touchdown. That voice jo- joins us now on the phone lines. That's Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black. And, Jason, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. And, Hunter Renfro, let's just start there. You made the call for the touchdown uh, last year when uh, Hunter got that one. 
he looks like he's been pretty unstoppable in practice, man. How big do you think Hunter Renfro could be potentially in this offense if everything is right? I think Hunter Renfro. Sorry, give me one sec, Q. <laughs> give me one sec, Q. All having, good. From the home studio, we're having some. We're having some. All right. Uh, I think Hunter Renfro has a chance to have a really special year, um, and I think there's, you know, he he's a guy that's kind of played the under the radar car his whole career, right? He was a walk on at Clemson and turned into an All ACC national championship, the whole thing, and you know he wasn't like a top two round draft pick, and he turned it into a hundred catch season, and there haven't been a whole lot of those in Raiders history, and he went to the Pro Bowl, and so you come back from that, you get the extension. In a Raiders and a um, you know Josh McDaniels offense that's had a lot of great slot receivers in his history, and and I think a lot of people assume that he with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller would just have this massive year, and it it didn't matriculate, and he battled injuries, the concussion, all kinds of things, and uh, it never really worked out that way. And so I, I I'm gonna guess this offseason, especially hearing everything that everyone's been talking about with regards to will he be here, will he not be here, the whole thing. Um, is has been a major motivating factor not that he needed one and i think he's got a great opportunity here to thrive you know i wanted to ask you how much do you think uh the addition of danny Ambendola as a, an assistant coach there how much do you think that that helps hunter even understand coach mcdaniel's system a little bit more a ton i mean if you want to if you want someone to show you what works and how it works then go to a guy who's done it at just as high a level as anybody I think that's a massive thing. And it's not, I mean, let's, let's be honest, guys. I mean, it's not just Hunter Renfro that, at least for training camp, and we'll see what, Matt, what that turns into for the, for the regular season. But the slot receivers of a whole, I mean, Trey Tucker has been written about for months now. And, and you go back to April when he was drafted, and, um, you know, the conversation in, in the third round, wide receiver, they had just signed a bunch of guys. Like, why? And I think we're seeing why. And, and I think the same thing is true with Hunter. So, I, I, you know, how much does Danny Amendola help those guys? I don't really know the answer to that, but I, my gut is a ton. Yeah, it feels like it. It really does. I mean, just watching them on the sidelines, taking different guys to the side and kind of just giving them the tricks to the trade. And basically it looks like to me he's teaching them not to waste steps, like take as, as little steps as possible and, and get the most out of them. And, and I feel like that that, Jason, goes a long way, especially with a young guy like Trey Tucker or a guy like Hunter Redfro who struggled last year due to injury or just not quite understanding the scheme. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, again, we'll, let's – Let's hold judgment on all of this until mm-hmm. October, you know, and, and, and whatever happens, right? We've got an offensive line that we'll see how the positions shake out, um, but possibly a, something where there's continuity and an entire offensive group that's the same starters as last year. We'll see if that's the case, but you certainly have that possibility. Um, you've got a new quarterback who has succeeded before and was having a really good season last year before the, uh, the injury in December. And so we'll, we'll see how it matriculates here, assuming that they can get it all together. Because um, there's not, look, the reality is there's not a whole lot nationally expected from this team. Right. And I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I expected a lot last year. I put a lot on the plate and said, okay, they're going to do this, that, and the other. And, well, it didn't happen. So maybe this year, not having those high expectations, maybe that will help them uh, a lot more because, again, nobody's kind of paying attention to them or, like you said, not expecting a lot. Again, Jason Horowitz is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. What do you look for? What do you think Coach McDaniels will look for at the end of this week when they have those joint practices with San Francisco? I think, uh, well, a couple of things. Number one, we've been talking about the competition – and how well the secondary has looked 
in practice. And I think there's a lot of excitement about Marcus Epps and how he's done the last few days, as well as Ja'Cory and Bennett. Um, there's a lot of excitement about some of the plays that Amik Robertson has made. Uh, I think people are very interested to see if that's actually true when you go up against somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think always when you have these joint practices, there's, there's a focal point on the lines. So, I, you know, it'd be great if we had Tyree Wilson. Byron Young is now back off the pup list, but, you know, I don't know how much full go he's going, all that stuff. So, so it'd be great to kind of get that vantage point, especially against a team that, you know, has run the football as successful as they have in, in San Francisco. So I think those two things. And then, you know, what about Jimmy G against right. his former team? You know, I, I don't know what the looks are going to be. We'll see what the practices are. Like, what kind, of, what kind of takeaways do we have against that? But if this were week one of a regular season and Jimmy Garoppolo is taking on his former team who tried to trade him multiple times, couldn't <laughs> do it, then had to go back to him week two last year and he helped them have the record that they did, uh, you know, that'd be one of the biggest storylines going into the season. Oh, by the way, it's the Raiders and the Niners. So, right. so you got all that. Um, but for now, it's joint practices. Both teams are trying to get good looks at what they've got. Uh, and, uh, and and then we got a game on Sunday. You know, you mentioned Jimmy G, and I know that, you know, the defense for the Niners, they're not going to throw the whole kitchen sink at the Raiders, and the Raiders aren't going to do that to the Niners. But how much of an opportunity do you think we'll have to learn about this Raiders offense going up against a really good Niners defense, regardless if it's basic or not? Um, I, I would like to think for like a good, a good look. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to think that, I mean, cause we have nothing else to go off of right now, right? right. We've got practice. What, what are we at? Six or seven? What are we at? Seven padded practices? Ten. Oh, s- uh, padded, padded practices. Padded yeah. Practices? No, it's only been like three or four padded practices, but yeah, 10 total practices. Well, it was last so Tuesday, right? Last Tuesday we were yep. there together. We're standing on the sidelines. That was day one. Mm-hmm. What's today? Today's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> There've been a couple of off days. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's call it four. Right. So, so, you know, it's really the first really the first thing where we could gather anything, I think. You know, Q, like when I got the job last summer, not to pat you on the shoulders or anything like that, but like between you and Eddie and Jesse, like one of the first things that I started doing was listening to the podcast and day-to-days. And like one of your jobs and everyone who covers this team is to be like, hey, at practice today, this is what our takeaways were. This is what we noticed. And, and like from afar, it was a great way to get caught up and like, hey, this is what my thoughts are. This is what these people are looking at. These are what we're focused on. Um, I don't. I haven't gone back to look and be like, "Hey, this is what we talked about July and August, and it didn't or did play a role in the actual season." Um, and I and I am curious. I, you know, I've, I've never asked anybody this. I wonder, from a year-to-year standpoint, uh, takeaways from the preseason practices, and if anyone ever goes back and be like, "Hey, none of that was actually true, or eighty percent of it was true when we actually got into the regular season." No, that's a great. That's a great question. It's funny. I remember when Max Crosby, when Unique Ngakwe was part of the the Raiders as well. That that one season when we were at training camp, I remember coming back specifically to the show and saying, "Man, I don't know what it is, but Max Crosby looks so much faster. He doesn't look like not that he was ever slow, but it just looked like all his motions were so much quicker." Well, come to find out, he had spent the whole off season in rehab and he didn't. He wasn't drinking anymore, and all of a sudden he had that alcohol weight wasn't there, and he was faster. And then he turned into a hell of a season so that was one thing but then there's been times Jason when I've gone out there and said man the offense looks great this team looks like it's going to really compete with anybody and it didn't so I mean it's yeah. you know well that gets I mean Q that gets you back to your first question about Hunter Renfro right, right. I mean, and, and so at practice I was there Monday Tuesday and Wednesday and some of my first inclinations last week aside from Trey Tucker and some of the other guys that were, ta- we were kind of all taking away from was Hunter Renfro looked different mm-hmm. and and again like I 
you know, I don't know. He didn't play in the preseason last year, and I'm assuming that'll be the same. We'll, we'll talk to Josh McDaniels and company this week as we get ready for preseason game number one. But, like, I'm going to assume that'll be very similar, that we're not going to see most of the starters, at least for game one. Certainly, you know, part of the conversation, I would guess, for game two, and we'll see what happens in week three in Dallas. But, like, you know, we won't know that answer until they're lining up against Denver and, and the Broncos. Right. And, and I know everybody's going to look at the storyline of, you know, uh, Sean Payton's first game. Is he going to recharge Russell Wilson, giddy up, whatever, right? Like, <laughs> all those things. But, but, but the reality is that uh, we had a wonderful win there last year in November. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone remembers the touchdown pass to Devontae in overtime, but it wasn't the greatest offensive performance, right? Um, you know, for the Raiders in Denver last year. And it was in week four when Josh Jacobs really started to have what was turned into a magical season, and it all started week four against Denver. And they had a good defense. Now, defensive coordinator is different, whole thing. So they, to go back, my, my hope is we'd have a little takeaway this week against San Francisco in practices. Um, but I think the, the biggest hope is that all those guys that you want on your ones that are, don't get hurt. Right. Because <laughs> yes. this is going to be the hardest they're going to go so far through training camp. Yeah, no, that's no doubt. I mean, getting them to, to the regular season, getting them there healthy has got to be job number one for everybody. And so, yeah, those you, you love to see them out there. You love to see them competing, but you also get concerned because you need those guys come the regular season. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black, joins us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. You mentioned meeting with Josh McDaniels. You'll do that a little bit later this week to prepare for the game on Sunday. Do you sense a little bit of a different demeanor from him? Almost like he's a little bit more comfortable heading into year two. Um, I think so. I mean, he's around. He's around uh, the building longer. He's got his staff. There's some new changes with the with the assistant coaches that are. You know, I think. You know, if there were, it, we heard all the right things last year between he and Derek Carr going into the season, but as the year unfolded, maybe that all wasn't true. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe there is more of a comfort level between he and, and Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer than there was with Derek Carr and Jared Sidham. Um, again, I don't know that for a fact because they were all saying the right things and all throughout the season, but then we get to week 17 and, and the quarterback for the last nine years is benched and not around the team. Right. So, I, 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 you know, maybe there's a comfort level there for the head coach um, that we put this out there. Now we're going to put this out there. And, uh, and let's roll with, with the guys that we brought in um, and kind of start to overturn this team and, and see where we are. Right, no doubt. I mean, that's all That's all you can really do, but it just seems to me in the little press conference settings and, you know, obviously this is not one-on-one conversations, it seems like he's just kind of – his demeanor has changed just a little bit, like a little bit more comfortable and relaxed, even though I don't think football head coaches will ever be really relaxed, <laughs> right? I mean, they just – they're well, not really – more than others. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They're just not really built like that. <laughs> yeah. So, for the most part. Uh, final question for you, Jason. At what point do you think Raider Nation should be concerned about Jimmy G? I mean, he threw seven interceptions in two practices, but it was two practices. One was indoors, one was outdoors. It's training camp. It's time to kind of work on some things. What point do you think you get a little concerned about Jimmy? Um, so it's interesting you ask that question because that's been a major talking point the last few days. And I saw someone who covers the 49ers as they were getting ready to see San Francisco and, and, and Raiders this week do their you know practices, and they were talking about seeing Jimmy Garoppolo and the reports out of Raiders camp that he's struggling. And they reminded folks, and again, they're writing to a Niners nation uh, or Niners um, fan base. And uh, they reminded folks that, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019 
had a practice where he threw five straight interceptions, and everyone was like, oh, can't do it, can't, can't, this is not the guy. And uh, he led the Niners to the Super Bowl in a year that he was healthy. Um, right. So, I, again, I, you know, I, I think that's something that you'd rather not see. I'm sure Raider Nation would rather not see you and Vinny Bonsignor, Jesse Merrick, and all these people – you know, talking about, you know, the comfort's not there, or maybe this is a bad practice. But we've also seen you guys discuss all the great practices you've had. Right. So, you know, the inconsistencies in training camp probably fit with some of the inconsistencies that I think Niners fans dealt with for a few years. Um, and he had different weapons there than he's going to have here. You know, Debo Samuel is a very different guy than Devontae Adams. To right. your point about Hunter Renfro, like, they're, they're just different guys. They're different offenses. And so after being with Kyle Shanahan for five and a half years, Coming back to, I, I know the offseason talk is like, well, he's comfortable, he knows Josh McDaniel's system, and all that's true. But, like, he hasn't played in it for six years. Right. So you do take some time to get back to it. And it is training camp, and he is coming off foot surgery. Uh, and so, let's see. Uh, but, but I think you'll have a better feel for it Thursday and Friday. And, like, to your point, Q, if you, if you are talking on the show on Thursday and Friday about, you know, eight picks for Jimmy Garoppolo in the two practices, I think you're going to feel worse about it than you did on Monday and Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. Right now, Raider Nation's like, no, Q, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear any of that because, <laughs> of course, concern is at an all-time high. Well, Jason, great stuff as always. I'm assuming you'll, uh, what, be in town on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Where are you tomorrow. coming to town? Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, in town tomorrow. Practice is Thursday, Friday. Alumni weekend for the, uh, for the opener on Sunday. So, so uh, excited about all of it. Yeah, me too. Well, I look forward to seeing you, my man. We had a good day today with the assistant coaches. Got to talk to a bunch of them, so that was fun. And uh, this is what we do, man. This is what we uh, live for, so we get excited. Jason, thanks so much, my man. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. See you, bud. All right, my man. There he goes. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Horowitz Jason. Does a great job. And I thought, I thought for a minute there we were going to have a, an, another fun interview when you could hear uh, Jason's kid in the background yelling. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. It's that 230 slot, man. We have a lot of good luck with the 230 slot. But that was, that was all good. Definitely appreciate Jason. And as he said, hey, you're working from the studio, from the home studio. So am I. And I can uh, definitely respect and understand that in a major way. Jason Horowitz, good stuff with him. Definitely uh, appreciate him. 2.46 at the time. We'll come back, get to some texts, get to some calls, and we have Bo Hardegree. I was able to catch up with the quarterback coach for the Silver and Black for a couple minutes. You'll hear that as well as we close out hour number one of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got quarterback coach Bo Hardegree. You'll hear from him in a matter of seconds. But before we do that, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, I'm thinking that there's no way John Lynch wants to see Mad Max uh, slam Purdy to the ground and break his ribs. And I'm pretty sure that Josh McDaniels doesn't want to see anything happen to Jimmy G. So are these scrimmages going to have red shirts on the uh, quarterbacks? Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. The quarterbacks won't be affected at all. All right, that's good news then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. Max Crosby is going to try to wreck uh, shop when it comes to the, the 49ers and their offensive line, and the 49ers are going to try to do the same thing to the Raiders. And really, the Raiders have to step up their game. I think there's a lot of competition at that right tackle spot. That's something I'm really paying attention to. That 49ers defensive line, that first unit, I know Nick Bosa's not there, but still, that first unit is still really good. They can get to the quarterback. They've got to be – They've got to, they've got to uh, you know, really step their game up to try to protect 
Jimmy G in a major way. I mean, they're not going to hit him to the ground, but you'll, you could tell when there would be sacks. So I think that competition between Munford and also uh, Jermaine Illuminor will be a really good competition over the, the couple days, Thursday and Friday, with the Raiders and the 49ers having joint practices. Raider Dave, thanks for that call. I do appreciate you coming up at the top of the hour. We have John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston talking all things NFL. But before we get to that, though, I uh, had an opportunity earlier today to catch up with a bunch of the Raider assistants, including – quarterback coach Bo Hardigree. How much fun is this right now? I mean, you guys have had 10, 10 practices under your belt and you got a, another team coming in this week. No, we're looking forward. It's been great. Um, every day just going out trying to get better and then it's exciting to get to compete against somebody else. You know, I love that we get to do that opportunity to do that. So I'm looking forward to it. How is it kind of coaching up all the different quarterbacks? You have, you know, a handful. You obviously have Jimmy, you have Aiden, you have Brian Hoyer, who's almost like a coach on the field. So how does that dynamic work? Uh, they work really well together. Um, you know, of course, training camp, you get a lot of a lot of time to meet and, you know, constantly putting in our installs and working together. They do a really good job of working together. Uh, Brian does a nice job of kind of giving his piece from the past that he's had and Jimmy being a veteran presence and, you know, my two younger guys, too. They're all, they, they all do a really good job of working together. What have you seen from Aiden O'Connell? He looks like he's very eager out there to, to learn and, and continue to work. Yeah, all those guys, I mean, they all work hard. Um, you know, Aiden being a rookie, his first year in the NFL, he's he's transitioning well. He's asking good questions. Um, the same thing with Chase was last year, and Chase is improving where he is at. And, and it, you know, it's just an everyday mentality coming in trying to get better. Do you see them having a lot of fun having all the weapons that you guys have out there oh, yeah. for wide receivers and even running backs? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, we uh, you know, they just, like I said, their mindset is come in and get better and, and work on something, whether it's the install or something, you know, during special teams, just kind of getting that little bit extra every single day to kind of get ready for the season. I mentioned Brian is kind of the coach on the field, you know, and he, he's been there, done that. How much does that help kind of him being Aiden's ear a little bit and allow Jimmy just to get familiar with what he's got to do? Oh, Brian, Brian's great for the room. He, he absolutely is um, with his experience and, you know, with Jimmy, but they all ask really good questions. And like I said, they all really work well together in that room, trying to get each other better. Raiders quarterback coach Bo Hardigree from earlier today where we talked to a bunch of assistants including Jason Simmons, Antonio Pierce, Carmen Basillo, Kennedy Palomalo, Edgar Bennett, and others we had an opportunity to catch up with as well. So uh, some good stuff right there from uh, from Bo Hardigree. Definitely appreciated his time. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, stick with the quarterback theme. It's not just the picks Jimmy G is throwing in practice. It's his body of work throughout his career that concerns me. When you have the best offensive mind and a great team around you, and every time they put it in hands in his hands, he messed it up. They drafted two unknown guys rather than stay with them. That's a that says a lot. Just a concerned Raider fan. That's East Bay Raider Gray, and I'm not mad at that. I mean, that's that's fair. Right, I talk about it all the time. The why Jimmy throws, right? I mean, anybody who's covered the the Forty ers at all has has said that to a T. Like he's not he's not going to be that guy. If any of us think that he's going to be that guy that just puts the Raiders on his shoulders and leads them to the Super Bowl by himself, he's not. He's not Pat Mahomes, right? He's not Joe Burrow. And, and look, they all have teams around them, but you know that those are elite quarterbacks. There's only a couple elite quarterbacks in the league, and he ain't one of them, right? He's a good quarterback. He knows how to win games, but he has to have a strong team around him. So there's going to be some good that you, you're going to love, and there's going to be some bad that you're not going to love, but you're going to have to hope that the rest of the team around him does their job. This is Radio 920.